All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Double B Creates. Yeah, Billy and Brad here, and we are here with Isaac Mashman. Thank you so much, Isaac, for joining us tonight. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. Very cool. So, Isaac, you sent us your bio and everything about what was um, about who you are, but why don't you why don't you share a little bit about your background, what you're doing, and and kind of what you're up to these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my name is Isaac Mashman. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I'm 20 years old. I'm the founder of a company called Mashman Ventures. I have a podcast, um, you know, and I come from a, a rather normal family. I, I actually normally refer to kind of less than average just because looking back now, I realize just how normal it wasn't. It was normal to me, but it really wasn't normal for most people. And, uh, you know, single mom up until the time I was like eight, um, saw our struggle a lot. And then that was a, that was a big factor of me getting involved with business. But yeah, I run, I run a company right now that I launched in April of this year, 2020, um, called Mashman Ventures. And the entire focus of that company is working with people on building up their personal brands. Um, aside from that, man, I'm just trying to build up a foundation for myself and, and build up a good life, be able to travel, be able to do whatever I want and uh, have some success along the way. Oh, that's, that's totally awesome, my man. Um, so, so you kind of alluded to the idea that, you know, you, you, in your younger years, you saw your mom being a single mom and you, you, you kind of got into business and kind of in, in your bio, you said that it really helped you solve problems and, and, and mm-hmm. find itself as a solution. So thinking back to those early years, early years, how did business and getting into those pro, getting into those solutions help you? Yeah, well, you see, I didn't really realize what was going on until I looked back kind of at a point of reflection a couple years later. Um, I've only been in business for a little bit over three years. I know I'm not like the youngest person in the game. I'm also not nearly the oldest, but I'm at like a healthy point of growth, you know, and I was going through a very difficult time in my life whenever I was going through my senior year, like up until the point of me going into my senior year of high school, which is the 2017-2018 year. Um, I was at war with family. I was like, cause I was always that kid who was like questioning everything. And I, I wanted to be independent. I really love that independence and just dealing with some of the different family issues and watching the struggle and trying to find solutions. And my solutions were being shot down. I kind of fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship as my therapy. It was like my, my solution to not only the financial problems, but also the problem of hey, you know, I got accepted into colleges, you know, I've worked my entire life up until this point to go to school, you know, get good grades, get a good job, but I never really knew what I wanted to do. You know, I would bounce from idea to idea to idea. And I mean, I did a little bit of that into business. I did a lot of that actually trying to figure out different things, but um, I recognized that having that control would allow me to have the leverage to dictate where I wanted to take my life. And that was really where I found the solutions. And then it wasn't just about finances. It wasn't just about money, but just overall, it gave me something to work for, something to strive for, and something that gave me complete control over my life. Yeah. Like when you talk about like the idea of it giving you leverage and giving you that, that focus point that really resonates with, with a lot of people. So um, thinking about that leverage, if you're talking to someone and they want to take control of their life and, they're just scared to grab a hold of that rope. Like what are some coaching tips you give them? Mm-hmm. Right? And you're talking to them you know, using that leverage point. Yeah, I think the, the most important thing is really taking control of yourself before you try to take control of other things going on around you. Um, and, and that's something that I've struggled with. That's something that I'm continuously working on because it's like, how are you supposed to give someone a, a, a word of advice 
if you do not have, if you're not following the own, own advice that you're giving, right? Like I know oftentimes when I talk to people, they're able to give advice to other people, but when it comes to their own lives, they're normally asking everybody else for advice or they don't, they just don't know what to do. You know, it's like right. your buddies, your buddies asking for relationship advice. And the next thing you know, you're in a, you're in a conversation, like, what do I do in my own relationship? You know, and it's the same concept. And so I think first and foremost is really looking at a, a level of humility of not thinking that you're better than you actually are and kind of understanding, you know, what areas do I need to improve? And I think that because of Instagram and because of social media and because of the internet, we kind of get the glamorized version of what reality really is. And we don't actually view it from the, the real lens of, hey, these people have been in the game for 20 years. These people have been working on themselves for 15 years, or they come from an entirely different background than I do. They might have strengths that I don't have. They might be farther along in terms of relationship, finances, business, whatever it might be. And I feel like we kind of put ourselves on a pedestal of like, we're trying to, to be on their pedestal when we need to be focused on how we are growing and what areas we need to grow. Um, and so that's, that's honestly what I would say, you know, just focus on yourself and go into it and, you know, questioning things, asking you know, questions. That, that's a great way that, to think about it. Um, I don't know if you watched the, the show NCIS ever. On, mm -hmm. on, but I love um, Jimmy. On one of the episodes, Jimmy's talking to this guy that's essentially ready to jump off a building because he watched his dad just die. And he talks about talks to this kid about about everybody's plan, everybody's side A versus their his side B, and how we're always comparing our side B of life the the downfalls, our, our weaknesses, the, the things we don't like about mm -hmm. ourselves, everybody's positives and everybody's like side A. And, right. and I, and I think that social media has a huge impact on that because mm -hmm. I can jump on social media. And today, um, as a power lifter, I was watching the WPO world today and I watched Dave Hoff hit an 1100 mm. squat today. And it's like, well, what am I doing? I just barely broke 600 pounds in the deadlift. I'm a horrible person. And so, right. but, but without that lens of taking a step back, you're in trouble. And so, right. Man, so, 600 pounds. My max was like four, 405, I think 420, I, something like that. It's so last year, I mean, the reason why it's so I'm going to say low in quotes is I dislocated my patella last year. And so it's like taken me a few months to get back to where okay. I did. So, um, Ideally, I should be at like 700 pounds, but whatever, things happen. Wait a so, minute, man! Don't don't tear yourself up too much. <laughs> no, no, I've 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 told a lot of people if I ever have like a, a career-ending injury, take my belt. Just, just take my belt, walk away. Mm -hmm. It's over. So like after so after high school, you started finding business and you find, started finding all these really cool ideas. What was your like? what was your aha moment to be like, I can do this. I can, I can get this done. You know, it was, man, I hate to say it, but I feel like I, you know, and this might be taken as cocky by certain people, but it's only going to be taken cocky by people who don't have the level of confidence. Um, and I, I like to refer to myself as my biggest cheerleader, just because I, through everything that I've been through in life, like I'm the person who's like pushing myself forward uh, for, for whatever reason, man, even back in, you know, as a child, you know, you're supposed to kind of listen to your parents and do whatever they want, want you to do. And I was kind of that rebel, you know, this is something I don't talk about too often, but I went through a heavy rebel, rebel phase growing up. And I was like, man, I was questioning everything. And right. I was wanting to just experiment, try a bunch of different things, kind of figure figure my footing out, you know, because coming from a, a very conservative Christian home, I'm like, 
you 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 don't have as much freedom as other people and you right. know, your age and um you know man honestly i got involved in a network marketing company when i was still in high school i actually got involved with it illegally like i was 17 at the time and i put my age as 18 and uh you know i got i got my first job it was working at sunny's barbecue okay. and i was getting paid 815 an hour and i was working like 16 to 20 hours a week, you know, getting a couple hundred dollars in my first paycheck, I went ahead and dropped all of it into a network marketing company. But what I did a couple months prior to even getting started is I was watching the people do presentations. I was watching people, um, you know, do a bunch of different things. And that built up my belief system. And prior to getting involved with network marketing, I was trying, you know, drop shipping. I wanted to do a clothing line. I was, I was experimenting with different things in the business aspect, but what really got me to where like, yo, I could actually really do this and make a lot of money in it. I like to say that that network marketing company and some of the leaders are the reason why I decided not to go to college. That was what kind of had that spark, that turning point, because I saw these 21, 22 year old kids making $10,000 a month plus, you know, more than that. Right. And obviously I went into it thinking that, Hey, I could do that. And if I stayed a part of the company, I probably could have, but at the same time, just seeing that possibility and seeing those opportunities was what kind of drove me in, in the direction of, of a, an expanded mindset an expanded vision an expanded idea. Um, because man, I, you know, like I said, growing up, we go into Walmart and I like to use the analogy of a can a can of beans, right? You can either get the great value can of beans that are 50 cents, or you could pay 69 cents and get the Bush's can of beans. Right. And we would always go and get the, get the great value. Instead of getting the Kraft mac and cheese, we got the great value mac and cheese, even though there, there's a 10 cent difference. Right. And that scarcity mindset was what I was raised with. And so once I got a hold, a, a hold of that abundance mindset, I was like, man, like I'm just going to go for it. And um, I believe it was Napoleon Hill who said, or it might've been Earl Nightingale, he said something along the lines of, you know, once the mind is expanded, it can never go back to its original form because right. you have the understanding of what's growing and what's, what's out there. Right. I, I like how, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things you just said that I, that I really like. I think the one, I think one of the things I really liked is you took the time to say, this is what I want to do. And you mirrored success. You started looking at these guys and started like practicing what those skill sets were. You started analyzing it and trying to get like, these are the skills that I need. What were, what was one of the skill when you thinking back to that, like that process, what was one of the skills that, that you recognized almost immediately you needed in your tool belt that you didn't have? You know, public speaking and not necessarily, see, I always had the ability to speak in front of crowds. Like that was never the issue, you know, going in front of my classroom, I was able to present um, I remember going to church, you know, I, I was in a couple plays, like I was able to do that. No, no worry, no concern. But at the same time, I remember the first time that I did a presentation, I was scared out of my mind. Like I was like literally trembling. Um, and, a, and a good example is when I went live on Twitter, the first time I ever went live on a social media platform, I was sitting outside and I think I was 18 at the time. And like, I remember twitching, like I was sweating uh -huh. and like my, my leg was like shaking literally. And I, I think it's not so much public speaking, but just the ability to speak in front of other people and take control of the room to kind of be the center of attention, that center of focus, not in just a, a friend level of like, you know, you're presenting in front of a church or in front of a classroom, like you're, you know, everybody in there, but when you're talking to a bunch of prospects, you don't know anybody in the meeting. You don't know what they're saying, what they're thinking of you, if they're judging you. So that would be, that was one of the biggest things I had to overcome. And um, same with like my own podcast, man. Like I, I did my own podcast 
Um, and I remember the first episode I did was four minutes long and I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, it sounded better than some people's. I'm not going to lie just because I've, I had the natural ability to speak, right. but I would just feel so self-conscious about myself. I had to like exert that confidence and build up that confidence along the way. So when you're working with, with clients and working with uh, actors or models or rappers or, or whoever you're working with, mm-hmm. how, how are you assessing their, their tool belt? How are you assessing like the skills that they have? And like, and then how do you make that decision of this is the first set, this is the first skill set we need to improve. This is the next thing that we need to improve. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all this leads to this ultimate like personal branding uh, yeah. uh, success. Well, see, I let them dictate their skill set. I don't really look okay. at their talent as much as I do. I look at their brand. Now, obviously, I know this is a kind of a douchebag thing to say, but you know, some people ask the question, do you think everybody has what it takes to become successful? And I honestly don't think that everybody does. And that sounds super depressing and super pessimistic, but Napoleon Hill in one of his audios talks about three envelopes that you're given at birth. It's like the family you're born into, the physical characteristics and where you're born. And I feel like some people, unfortunately, are at the disadvantage of where they're at. You know, some people in Africa do not have the opportunity we have in America. Some people mentally might be uh, not able to, you know, excel in certain areas of life. You know what I'm saying? So I'll also look at the base talent that a person has. Are they actually talented or are they just overly confident in themselves and they don't have any talent at all? You know, because I've, I've talked to a couple of people in the past and it's like, you know, they're coming into this with, you know, open eyes. They're like, you know, I'm interested in working with you, but I also have to look from a, a sense of my own brand. And I want to make sure that if I'm building something up, I'm not like overinflating a person's ego when right. I think that their skills or their talent could be devoted in a better way of like, what is best for the client? Um, but when I go in, into a, a conversation, you know, it goes first and foremost of like, what do I do? And that is work with people to build up a personal brand on and offline. But before I don't dive into that, I have to ask the question and answer the question of, well, what is a personal brand? Because right. a lot of people hear the buzzword, you know, especially with social media, we hear buzzwords left and right. It's like hustle, entrepreneur, business, da 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 da. But what 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 does any of these things mean? Right. And personal branding at the core is who you are. You know, right. the the individual you are, your name, your characteristics, what people say whenever they talk about you when you're not in the room, and. A lot of people build up a personal brand online, but they don't actually embody that personal brand that they're push, pushing online in real life. It's like they're, they're showing one side and one aspect of their talent online, but you talk to them and they're going to tell you about their job and they're not going to tell you about their music. Or you talk to them in person and they're going to talk to you about video games and they're not going to talk to you about their Twitch stream. You know, and, and that's the thing because I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about what they're doing because they're afraid of criticism and they're afraid of being laughed at growing up. Their mom said, why are you going to be a gamer? Why are you going to be an artist? You know, why don't you get a a real job? I was having a conversation and she's early in the game of entrepreneurship and her mom's telling her, do something with your life, go get a job. You, you, you're, you're throwing your life away because your parents are viewing your, what, what they think is best for you. When in reality, you know, what is best for you. Um, And so the first thing is, where are they at when it comes to their belief system, right? Mm-hmm. The one turning point, you know, going back to what I mentioned a couple minutes ago, my turning point in life was when I changed my career, my, or not my career, but I changed my belief system and established that level of belief. Right. And not in some fluffy guru, 
law of attraction bullshit kind of way, but in a, a way of like, it is actually logically possible. I'm more logical than emotional. Right. And that was what I really, you know, that was the turning point in my life. And so I tried to go ahead and see where these people's belief system is at. Like, are they not talking about what they're doing in, in a conversation with their friends or with a, a potential stranger, you know, and getting them to kind of understand that, hey, before I can even build up your personal brand, I need you to understand that this is who you are and right. you need to respect that. You need to embody that for you. For you, you know, you as an example, Billy, would be you're building up a brand for yourself. Right. Or are, are you building up a brand based around, are you actually taking weightlifting, right? You mentioned that you're, you lift Yeah, I'm a competitive power lifter, yeah. It, it, okay, so are you embracing that? Like you go to somebody and you have a conversation with them, are they going to say like, yo, what do you do? Are you going to mention your job? Or are you going to mention that you're a professional bodybuilder or a weightlifter? You, you know, know, what are you building your name? It's funny you say that because it's like everywhere I go, it, it's like at the, at the, I started a new job about a year ago and, and, and it's funny you call this out because everywhere I've gone, people talk to me about powerlifting because I have world championships underneath my belt. It's, it's, I love, I, I live, breathe, eat powerlifting, but when I'm in the workplace, it's almost as if I want them to know how good my skill set is like doing my job at the keyboard mm-hmm. versus me as a powerlifter and, and undoubtedly when they find out I'm a power lifter, they almost forget my skill set as a statistician and then want to know me as a power lifter. And it, and it, and I guess at first it really annoyed me because I was like, this is silly. Like I'm here to work, not talk about powerlifting, but it seemed as if I would get more recognition, if you will, mm-hmm. if, if I own the fact that, yeah, I, I'm a competitive powerlifter. I train Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. I have this meal schedule and, and I'm able to talk about the sport of powerlifting mm-hmm. in great detail. And then all of a sudden people like, okay, that's the real Billy that we know and love. Right. Well, I think that, you know, I actually don't think like, I know this to be true. People are always going to pay attention to the, to what's entertaining about the person than what's actually factually interesting. Because entertainment is going to, to remain true. The, the person that I, you know, use as an example in the future, I can't wait to shake the guy's hand, is, is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? Uh-huh. You know him as the entertainer. You right. don't know him as the business person when in reality, a couple months ago, he just bought the XFL franchise. You don't know him as the business owner. Right. You know him as the actor or as the WWE wrestler or as any of the other things that he's done. And so I think for like you, for example, to going back to the entire conversation on personal branding is like, you're going up to a person and you're trying to assume what they should know about you. When in actuality, you could go ahead and tell them, I mean, hey, like I'm a professional, you know, power lifter. And that's actually something you do. You you have the, the results to prove that this is who you are. And then you could say, but, you know, at the same time, you know, aside from doing that, that's something, you know, I do as like a hobby. I, I do take it serious, though. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also, you know, I, I work as a status. That is I don't even know. That is yeah, I, I can't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that right now. <laughs> Speech is going to come through a little slurry, but um, no, like, and then you could throw that in there. And so in your case, like if I was to work with you, I'd ask you, I'd be like, okay, well, you need to kind of embrace and embody this person, which is who you are, not in a way of like, you're a douchebag when you talk to people of like, yeah, man, like an overly testosterone driven male of like, I'm a body lifter, but as like, hey, this is me and show your personality. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm going to pick on Brad. Cause, cause Brad's been overly quiet on this one. Let's do it. Yeah. He hasn't uh, said one word. Let's do Brad's branding. Cause, Cause you just did my branding. I want you to do Brad's branding. Okay. It's like the outdoorsman type guy. You can see the shotgun in the back view. 
he has hunting dogs, all sorts of stuff. Like if you were to work with him on his branding, like like mm-hmm. where are you starting on? Well, where- okay. Well, I would have to ask the question of like Brad. Well, who are you? <laughs> well, it it depends on uh, the side you want to see. Uh, you know, the outdoorsy guy. Um, there's the, I like to build stuff and tinker stuff. I've got a 67 Impala SS in the garage. Um, I also, uh, me and Kevin both, uh, founded double B creates mm-hmm. both the podcast and the YouTube channel. Um, I don't know, three months ago, we, three or four months ago, we brought Billy on as well. Um, we would love to get to where, the podcast and the YouTube channel are um, self-funding in a way. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to work. We can just keep talking to people and keep bringing information out and okay. have a good time. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I, I do have to say that, that Brad, the one good thing about personal branding is it doesn't matter the people around you. doesn't matter what Billy's got going on. Doesn't, the podcast doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is who you want to be known as. And that's the other thing people try to, people don't realize that the better off they are and the more people who know their name, the better they can serve the people around them. For example, Billy, if, if you went ahead and exploded tomorrow as you know, you're know, you on the Dave Hoff level of weightlifting, like everybody knows your name, like you're the household name in that aspect, you'd be able to grow Double B the podcast and exponential levels. I mean, right. because that's you, you have that social equity. So in your case, Brad, it's like you have the outdoorsy aspect. You have like, it sounds to me like a little mechanic, like you like being outdoors, you like hunting. But in your case, I would also have to ask the question of like, why are you doing this? And this goes with any client, you know, obviously the why and not just the why is like retire mom and dad, because again, buzzword, cliche phrase, full of bullshit. But the actual question of like, why are you doing this? Are you trying to make money? Are you trying to become famous just because you like the dopamine hit? Like, what are you doing this for? Like, so... The real reason behind why we did it is um, because, and I can't remember his name. I'll look it up really quick. But uh, me and Kevin both got tired of listening to podcasts because all you literally hear is people screaming at you and telling you you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do that. Uh, Andy Frisella, that's his name. Um, Okay, okay. He would scream at you like – you need to do this shit and this shit. If you're not driving this car, wearing this bullshit. And we're all like, what information do you fucking pull from that? Like nothing. You, all you hear is screams where you can come here and, you know, we want to bring information out easily where you can sit and listen to mm-hmm. it. And you feel like you're a part of the conversation when we're talking about it, because honestly, that's how we feel. Uh, that's how a lot of people have said that they feel about it as well and i mean we would love to get it to where we talk to more and more people and get more and more information out and get more and more people's branding out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in that kind of a way instead of having to you know get ear humped by somebody who's screaming in a microphone okay okay now, I do have to say, before we go anywhere, I absolutely love Andy Frisella. I know that he does come across as that oh, dude. I do, too. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the, one of the most down-to-earth guys ever. Like, I would honestly sit down, have a drink with him, talk about business, and you could learn a lot from him. But he d- definitely can come across like that. And there, there are also a lot of podcasts that talk about general information, but they lack the specific conversation and that specific topic-based 
um, information that people I think need more than anything else. Something on my own podcast, like I've worked tremendously hard to kind of steer away from and, and go towards the actual topic specific content. But in your case, Brad, see, you're, you're, you're having this tendency of talking about everybody else, but not talking about you. Why do you want to build up a personal brand as you, as the outdoorsy guy? What do you, what are your goals in life? You're talking about everybody else, but you're not talking about yourself. Well, that was, so that's play, basically, play, play along with this. I want to, I want to be the guy that can bring the information forward. Okay. I want to, I want to be able to talk to everybody and anybody. I mean, we've talked to people that make 10 times the amount of money that I ever want to make in my life to somebody who's just starting a business. And it's been amazing to talk about it. And that's kind of what I want to do. Cause I can bring mm -hmm. out information and I can help not only myself in those, those times of learning, but I can help everybody else as well. Now is money important to you? Like what, what, what is your vision of like how much money you want to make? Uh, enough to pay my bills, honestly. Like I don't so need to make broad. a billion dollars a year. Like if I 10,000 a month, 5,000 a month. I mean, if I made five grand a month, I'd be, I'd be set. That pay okay. for all of my bills and screwing around forever. So you're talking about providing information and kind of being that down to earth, real guy, right? But what topics would you talk about? Are you going to be focusing only on business? Or are you going to be talking about outdoorsy stuff? Are you going to be providing information about how to be a brother, how to be a son, how to be a husband? Get a little specific. You see, and, yes. and I'm not going to have you answer all these things, but I want to go ahead and just throw this in. People don't realize how much goes into building up a strong personal brand. But the reason I'm asking all these questions, and this is why I not to toot my own horn, but compared to a lot of people who are doing personal branding, they're telling you how to build up a brand based around your business, not based around your personality. And this is the biggest issue I have with people um, who are in my specific space. You know, it's like you go to them and you buy a $5,000 course and they're going to tell you how to build up a business and how to build up your personal brand based around your business, but not based around who you are. And there's a major fault at that. That fault is if people are following you for what they can learn from you about one specific area or one specific niche or topic, what if you switch and what if you get out of that business a couple of years from now? Are the people who are following you actually going to continue following you or are they only going to follow you because they can get something from you? And I try to build up the personal brands based kind of around the celebrity aspect. The You are a public figure that is going somewhere. You are a public figure who people can strive and follow, trust, love, and, and you know, follow until the ends of the earth kind of deal. Not in a way of like some crazy celebrity tell, tells you to jump off of a bridge, you jump off the bridge, but you need people to follow you no matter where you go. And, you know, there's so many different aspects that go into that, but at the core, it'd be who you are, your personality, why you're doing that. And then we would put a, an actual strategy together of like, okay, well, how can we actually market you and build up your brand? ranging from what colors we're going to do. Like you're wearing a blue shirt right now. Um, you know, obviously if you're listening on audio, you can't see, but Brad is wearing a, a shirt that has like blue lettering right now. Is blue your favorite color? And then we would go into the psychology of the coloring. And then we would go ahead and say, what are a couple of good things that we can list in your bio? You know, I like to cover the who, what, when, where, and why, you know, going back to school, those things stand true because the more information you can give, the more chances and opportunities there are for you to actually connect with a prospective fan or follower or even client. And so there are a lot of different levels. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're trying to build up something that's going to last and have long-term success, you've got to go into it with a long-term vision and be willing to put in the groundwork.
how hard is it to, you mentioned branding around a business versus branding around self. How hard is it to change a person's, uh, a person's mental belief system that it needs to be around the business versus themselves? Like, like how, like when you work with a, I'm sure you've worked with those clients where you have to change the business of the, the belief that the brand mm-hmm. is around the business to the sale. Like how long does that transition take or, or how really it, transition? It, it really depends on the, on the person. There's no like specific time frame because again, there's so many different things that go, go into this. And so when I'm, when I'm talking to a person, let's say they're only branding their business. I also ask them and I'm like, well, don't you think that it would be easier for you to close clients if people knew who you were? if people knew who owned that business, right? I, I named my company Mashman Ventures, not for just a, a, a reason of like, hey, I'm trying to build it up based around my name, but because I'm trying to base it around who I am as an individual. Because if somebody knows me for who I am, I'm going to have no issue closing them on a sales call because they already know who I am. Same thing for Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone used Cardone because he leverages his personal name and his personal brand to where he can make the sales. He makes like $4 million a week or every, I think it's, it's every month, 4 million every single month on digital product sales. He, he mentioned that figure in a podcast before because he built up his personal brand and he marketed that way. Everybody's trying to put personality traits to a business when in reality, they could just show their own personality without having to give personality to something and to an entity, right? When you start a business, it's a, it's a separate entity that you have to build up, give characteristics, give name. It's like a plant. Like you're trying to, you're trying to grow this plant, but the thing is you're, you're literally building it up from the ground up, but yourself, you already have these personalities. You're already going to be building up yourself and putting in the work to, you know, look at the areas of your life that need improvement. And so wouldn't it be easier to just show the world who you are and then make sales that way? And so that's kind of the question that I ask clients, you know, why not take the approach of building up your name than building up some Instagram page or just building up a business. And then it's, there's security in that your business could fail but your name is going to be there until the day you die and then even then if you build up a big enough name it's going to be around 100 years after you're dead that's why we know john d rockefeller that's why we know andrew carnegie that's why we know caesar that's why we know napoleon bonaparte and all these different people because they had a personal brand i like that i like that a lot Um, i want to shift a little bit to like it, it sounds like you work with like a diversity of, of people and a diversity of industries. Um, which, which industry do you think is the most fun to work in? Which industry do you think is not necessarily the least, but pro- maybe more difficult than others? Right. Um, well, funny story about why I'm working with a diverse crowd is, is actually at the beginning of this year, Um, before I even legally registered my company and everything, I was working with a lot of different artists. I was managing an artist at the time called Diggy Dirk. And uh, we were working together for about six months. And he started out as a client and he was a rapper from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I absolutely love music. I've always listened to music. It's been something that's very close to my heart. And I think it would be awesome to tour the world. So why don't I make a focus on building up personal brands for artists and musicians? But the one thing I came to realize is these 18 to 25 year olds who are artists are broke. I hate to say it, but most people, they don't have money to where the, if I'm charging a thousand or $2,500 to work with you and actually build up a brand, it's like, 
you're not able to afford my prices and I want to see you when I want to see you succeed. But at the same time, it has to be worth my time and it has to be worth my energy. Yeah. So I made that transition where instead of limiting myself to only the music industry, because I, I was going through a period of my life where I was like, I could kind of market my own self as like the go-to person in the music industry, almost mimicking Scooter Braun, who was Justin Bieber's manager, because I want to do a record label too. When I say that I went, went around a whole bunch of different businesses and ideas, like I'm not kidding. Um, so I think the most fun would be working with artists and rappers, but it's, it's difficult to find people who actually meet the qualifications. Um, I mean, I'm going to work with everybody regardless, you know, I'm going to see if maybe I could even do a coaching call with you or something like that to kind of get you set. But when it comes to actually sitting down, like it's, it's an intensive and expensive process worth it though, nonetheless. Right. Um, I think the most difficult though is entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs normally are all over the place and trying to get focused can be difficult. Because you're not trying, you, you don't have a specific talent. Most people who are in business or in entrepreneurship don't have one specific talent. I don't, I'm not a singer, I'm not an actor, I'm none of those different things. So I have to look at myself and I have to pull out, okay, well, what can I market about me? What can be something that has a, a, a viral aspect, so to speak? You know, what could actually take off? And those are the things that I have to market myself. Think about Grant Cardone. He has literally no talent. You can't say public speaking is a talent. It's a skill. Right. And so he had to focus on the different things that he, the topics of conversation he could discuss and working with a lot of entrepreneurs, very few people have the self-awareness to understand what they should already be marketing or how they can market themselves. And then you have the aspect of, okay, well, you're building up a business. So how can we combine your personal brand and your business to where they mesh cohesively, right? You're not going to market a sales, like you're not going to talk about the topic of sales in your personal brand and then have a company that has nothing to do with sales or has nothing to do with the topics that you're discussing. And so that can be very difficult to do. But I was working with another client. He's a model. A model. Wait, is wait, 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 wait. Time time. Model? You, a modeling. You worked with a modeling client. Did I hear that right? Yes. Okay. 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 Keep going. Keep going. I, I didn't, I wanted, I didn't hear that. And I just want to double check that I heard that right. Okay. Yeah. His, his name is John Michael Whitney. And the funny thing is we actually met in a network, in the network marketing company. And then we established a friendship on a business trip. And then, you know, this goes back to who I am at my core. And I'm that person who's like, I'm going to tell you and ask the questions of like, why won't you pursue the thing that you actually want in life? That's, That's why I have the podcast chase the vision with Isaac Mashman, because everybody seems to put their dream and their vision of what they actually want to pursue on the back burner. They get caught up in their career. They get caught up in other things to where they don't actually like, go after what they truly want. And, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, man, I've been modeling for like six years and I'm like, I'm ready for this shit to take off. And I was like, well, you need to actually get your brand strong to where, dude, I go to your page right now. I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't know who you are. And now we got it to where, okay, you're showing that you're showing the world that you're a model, but what kind of model, what pictures are you posting? Are you posting mysterious, like Paris fashion pictures? Are you a fruit of the loom underwear model? Like, what are you doing? And then we're able to kind of plan out, okay, well, how are we giving you that image? And then how, how is the public going to perceive you? And then, yeah. Everything took off from there. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I, I like how you're describing all these, all these different avenues and how you're um, like, it seems as if like each industry has its, like there, there's a standard of this is the stuff we got to do, but each industry is just a little different that it makes the game fun. Makes they're like co- they're common things, and I, I'm going to I'm actually working on doing a 
a document and a book behind the scenes. I haven't done, done a lot of work on it yet, um, but I'm, I'm going to be discussing, you know, the common pillars of a brand. I'm not, I'm not going to use the term pillars that's overused as hell, right. but I'm going to be a little bit more creative, but they're like common concepts and common themes and topics that every single personal brand should have. And then based off of the industry, based off of the field or the niche or the person and the personality, you're going to go ahead and expand and go into the avenue a little bit different. You know, it's the same thing. Like you're not going to get somebody who is a model on a rapper website and you're not going to get a rapper on a, on a modeling website, you know? And so there, there are differences, but those differences really kind of make it fun for me. And it also kind of challenge, it challenges me for sure because I'm, I have to get into the mind of not only the person and what they're trying to portray themselves as and communicate with them, but I'm also getting in the head of the person who's coming across their page for the first time. And when you say like, so, so when you're saying getting ahead of somebody, you're, you're essentially saying like redirecting their attention to, to, to that person's brand and, and letting them know that this is the person that you're actually viewing, right? Is that, is that mm-hmm. what you're suggesting? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not saying getting ahead, but getting in the head. Oh, in I'm the getting head. In the head. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting in, yeah, getting in the head of that individual to think like them, to feel like them, and to kind of like, okay, well, this is who I am, so how can I take this person and actually put him out there publicly? Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So your podcast, you talked about how how your first podcast is four minutes, and and like, how has your podcast evolved over time? Like, like, what are some, what are some things that mm-hmm. you've noticed you really like, really like in your podcast and where were, mm-hmm. where were some pain points along the way? Well, brother, it's not just my podcast, but I would say a better term would be podcast journey Okay, um, podcast because journey. I, I actually, I've, I've started two podcasts. I've actually oh. started three. Technically my first podcast, I started 2018. It was February. And it was right in my senior year of high school. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I honestly, I saw Gary Vaynerchuk had a podcast and I was like, okay, well, why not? Um, and that was the four minute episode. I recorded it on my phone. It was an Android phone. I, I was in the bedroom. I didn't know what I was talking about. It was going to be business focused. It was called the Isaac Mashman show. Uh-huh. If you're looking for the episodes, you can't find them. I scrubbed the internet clean <laughs> just because they were that, just because they were that bad. But um, I got about 20 episodes in and, you know, I remember going out and the, the pain point was overthinking. I have a very bad time. Like I'm, I'm very bad at overthinking. I'm very OCD. Uh-huh. And um, honestly, I think that that's part of the reason why I'm good at what I do, because I have that side of like that, that madness in my mind where all the craziness kind of just works together right, right. and works out. Um, but I would overthink everything. I would overthink every breath. I would overthink every, um, and I remember sitting in, I was in, I was in a high school computer class at the time I was taking a computer class, had a couple free periods and I would be editing the odd, the podcast audio in class, listening for every, um, and I would take the, um, out. And then I would just overthink. I would scratch the episode and delete it and re-record it. I'm, I'm kid you not. And so getting past that, it sounds something, it sounds so goofy and so stupid. But, but getting past that was the biggest thing. It yeah. is, a, yeah, it is a real thing, and I think a lot of people have that issue too, you know, because they they listen to themselves and then they're like, "I hate my voice." That's another thing. I used to well, hate that's my me. voice. That's me, hundred percent me. Hate my voice. When when I go back and listen to our podcast, I I I swear I sound like I'm a guy with the marbles in my mouth. I'm gargled in the back of my throat. I'm just like I'm ugh. Just don't like it. The feeling is going to, it's going to get easier and easier. You've only been doing this three, four months. It's going to get a lot easier, but you also have to let it get easier because if you continue overthinking it, it's not going to get easier. But the, but the more you embrace it 
same thing with building up your personal brand. The more you embrace the powerlifting aspect of you, the easier it's going to get to bring up in conversation because it's, you're embodying who the fuck you actually are. Right. 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 No, no, that totally makes sense to me. So thinking about like your entire journey um, and where, where you are, where you're going. Mm-hmm. One, the one question that we always have with our guests is we ask them um, what their personal definition of success is. And mm-hmm. we got that from Dave Daly and, and he, he brought it up to us and it, listening back to the episode with Brad and Kevin, it absolutely blew their mind. It blew my mind when I listened to it for the first time. And so, um, so for you, Isaac, what is your personal definition of success? It's not my own definition. I, it's <laughs> something I stole from another person. Okay. And that person who I'm talking about is Earl Nightingale. Have you ever heard of him? I, many times. Many times. Yep. Okay. Okay. He, he, you know, he did the strangest secret. He was literally the most listened to uh, radio host for decades. Right. Um, he was also the mentor to one of my, vir- I, I like to refer to them as virtual mentors, Bob Proctor. Uh-huh. Um, but he, his definition of success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And that is something that what that means, though, it's like, okay, that sounds cool. It it rolls off the tongue. But what does it mean? And that means that you are working towards something that you think is worthy and something that you think is like it's worth your time. It's worth your energy. It's something that you can feel proud of when you look back. And so that's the overarching definition. But if I was to get into specifics, it's honestly it goes right with my purpose. I want to live up to my potential. I want to live my best life possible. I want to live my desired life, which is kind of crazy. You know, I want to live a really, really good life. Don't get me wrong. And I also want to help people along the way in an ethical and moral way, not just in a way to where I can help people in the motivational cliche, get in, get done, but an actual, like I'm, I'm making a difference. That is what I really think is success. Well, I think I, I really like how you said ethical and moral. I think that's something that the world has forgotten that absolutely it's like, you have to have an ethical purpose you have to you have to balance it with morality like you just can't go Mm -hmm. in and be like it's going to cost this much and then leave somebody high and dry and not put your best effort into it or or right whatever yeah it's it goes i mean yeah it's something that i mean brad and i are both outdoorsmen um and yeah we play by the ethical rule and if you shoot an animal and you can't track it down that doesn't mean you keep hunting you're done right like like the, the forest has said the world has said you've taken your shot, you've hit your animal, it's done. And that's like what that. mor- that's what morally and ethically correct is. And um, I, I mean, in business and in social events, I'm sure you mm-hmm. ran into it as well. You ran into people that just want to take advantage of you because it's a quick dollar or you have a name brand and it's really easy to associate, you, associate with you. And they're just right. like, oh yeah, this is my buddy and so on and so forth. Well, you know, and that's part of the reason why I got out of the network marketing company, not because the company was some pyramid scheme or none of that, but simply because I didn't believe in the products and I didn't believe in everything because I knew that 90% of people who signed up would pay a couple hundred dollars. They would continue paying a couple hundred dollars, but they would not even use the products. And I really didn't think that that was moral and ethical. And I would much rather than also viewing it from a sense of my reputation. Do I want to be known as that person who's in the industry of network marketing and just promoting? And I think also it's, really easy to give into temptation. And I'm not talking about drugs or sex or any of that, but I'm talking about in the sense of it's easy to go and bot your Instagram account. Like there are a lot of people who build up a personal brand and the followers that they have are fake. 
they right. bought their YouTube, they bought their Instagram, they bought their Twitter to give them that impression of credibility. Right. One of the people I mentioned earlier today about $5,000 for a course, and they're going to build up your brand around your business and not your personal brand, which is dumb. Right. Um, they bought their account. They might have the verification badge. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but when you say bought it, are you talking about that individual reaches out to you and like, I can get you 5,000 followers? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. So when you well, say well, yes. It, yes. And okay. Yes, I am. I'm talking about the aspect of artificially putting numbers on your account, fake profiles to give you the impression of credibility, right? If you go and if you meet somebody, right? To, to use an example, because this is how society has been programmed. It's been reprogrammed in the past 20 years. Right. You go up to somebody and you follow them on Instagram. You're, you're in a random ass conversation. They might not even mention what they do, but they could be some Twitch streamer or TikTok star or whatever. And you're just talking to them and you follow their Instagram. You, you know, you're exchanging numbers, you're exchanging contact info. And you say, the, see that they, they have a hundred thousand followers or a million followers. You're instantly going to view them differently. It right. might, maybe not consciously, but chances are, yes, you're going to look at them and you're going to be like, oh shit, like, right. wow. And then they're going to follow you back and you're going to get a little bit of a, of an ego boost. Cause you're like, man, somebody who's credible, just follow me back, you know? And, and if you're denying that, then you're lying to yourself. Right. Because you, the, yes, they're a normal ass person. They're a real person and they're just normal like you. But at the same time, because they have that number, it's same thing with finances, you view a rich person differently than you view a person who has no money. Right. And it's not in a bad way. It's not in a negative way. It's just because that's the society we live in. It's a very superficial and artificial thing. Right. And so what people do in business, especially, is they'll bot their account and they'll say, I can build you up a personal brand. And then what you don't realize is you're paying a couple thousand dollars because this person has 200,000 followers. So you think that you can get those results when in reality, they just spent a thousand dollars and and bought a hundred thousand fake followers on their account, uh, and so that is where the moral and ethical side of business comes in. You have to believe in what you're doing, and I don't, don't want to be known. I, I I'm that person who's like, if I do something wrong, I'm going to feel it, and right. I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about it. Right. That's the, that's the way I was raised. That's the way I've always felt. You know, I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to do different things. And at the same time, what are you going to be talking about on your brand? There are a lot of kids around my age who are 20, 25, who became super well-known on social media for smoking pot. And I'm not saying pot's bad. I'm not saying pot's good. I'm just coming into this with an unbiased standpoint of like, these people are doing some crazy shit. And then kids, people on the internet and kids especially see that. And they're like, they want to follow it because it's entertaining and because it goes against the system. Right. Or you see people on the Instagram models who only flash aspects and they have a million followers. I'm not saying that's morally unethical or anything like that, but at the same time, it's like, who do you want to be known as? Right. And that's why you have to kind of go about it with a little bit more of a high level of self-awareness. Right. And I think that's, I, I think that's, that's a great, it's a great point. And it's something that I wish more people understood. I, I mentored the youth for a little bit. And, and one of my favorite things about mentoring the youth is you get to talk to them about, mm -hmm their phones and at the time they i at the time i had a flip phone i had one of those like construction style flip phones and yeah you break it whatever they were talking about how cool their phone was and what their phone could do and couldn't do and i was like oh well yeah can your phone do this and i closed my phone and i threw it up against the wall and they were just amazed at how cool that was <laughs> and they were like 
And all of a sudden, my phone became the coolest thing because it was different than theirs and they couldn't do what mm-hmm. my phone could do. And But I mean, ultimately, all I did was game the system a little bit because I knew what my phone, my phone wasn't smarter than theirs. And it was built in a hard case. And so, so right. yeah, it just, yeah, totally like, totally game the system on those kids. And which looking back is sketchy as a leader because you game the system and you're like trying to make yourself cool. But yeah, I totally get that. Um, but that's what society's done though. You know, right. it's, you, you see these people online with the glitz and glamour, you see these people living their lives and that's what, what's appealing because it's like subconsciously they're living the life that you desire, but you think you can't have. Correct. And so I'm the dude who's going to kind of question your thoughts and your, your, you know, your belief system and be like, you think you can't live that life, but the fact of the matter is you can and that's the other thing, you know, it's like, are you viewing these celebrities like a God or are you viewing them as another person who has a high level right. of success that you can strive and achieve? Right. And that was something that, you know, I, I remember a conversation with a power lifter. His name, his name is Jim. Um, and, and I remember talking to him about the squat and the bench and the deadlift and everything like that. And I told him, I was like, I will never, I told him at the time, I didn't feel like I would ever be like a super good deadlifter or or like like my like my best areas were the squat and the bench press and he's mm-hmm. like why it's like why are you limiting yourself why aren't you he's like it's like you easily have 804 in you you just gotta choose mm-hmm. to work for it and and overcome some some tendencies and so yeah i think that i think the world honestly needs more people like you that that just see the glass menagerie and break it <laughs> i appreciate like, that well i think the i think the most important question not, not the most important question of ever, but the, the question that I like to ask is why not? Right. And, and I think, you know, and I think a lot of people are scared to answer that question and, or they've been taught that you're not allowed to ask, ask that question. Yeah. They got to give themselves permission to, and actually it feels uncomfortable Right. Especially when you keep it a hundred with with other people. That's why, you know, earlier today, I'll, I'll bring Brad back into the conversation. He's over here shaking his head, but he's not over here talking is, you know, asking, you know, why do you really want to do this? You know, and I'm like, be honest, you know, I've talked to people before and I could tell that they're, I can tell when somebody's lying to me or when somebody's not being a hundred percent open. Do you, why, why do you really want this? Are you trying to be rich? Like I'll just straight up the asking question. Are you trying to be famous? Like, don't, I'm here to help you get these results that you want. So be open with me. But as a society, we've been conditioned and this goes to our parents and their grandparents and their great, great, great grandparents. It's like, we've been programmed and conditioned to not give ourselves permission to go after the things that we really want because we feel like we can't. And because we feel like it's morally unjust or because we feel like all the rich people in the world are evil, you know, that kind of thing. And that goes with the paradigms and that's an entirely different conversation that, you know, we live in a world that's super complex, but at the same time, extremely easy. Right. Right. And, and I, yeah, I totally agree with the idea of with, with everything you just said. Um, and yeah, we go on and on about talking about society and all this stuff. And in fact, um, no, if, you're open to, if you're open to it, we'd love to have you back and just, focus on that question. Why not? And just have like a whole episode on why not and just break it down and, and everything. So if you're open to it, we'd love to have you back. I'd be honored, man. I've, I've really enjoyed this. Like I could honestly keep going. I mean, next time I would love for Kevin to be on as well. 
Um, that way we can all kind of have, you know, a solid three-person conversation. I will let Kevin know that the next time it's not going to be a two-on, it's not going to be a, a a two versus one. It's going to be a three-on-one, and it's going to be – Sweet. I love and, it. And we're just going to go. We're going to talk. Um, but, yeah, so, like, if anybody wanted to follow you, Isaac, where are they going to find you? Literally follow me everywhere at Isaac Mashman. That's, all. that's that's the core of what I'm doing with my built with my personal brand and helping other clients. So it's like, you know, you ever talk to somebody and you're like, where can I follow you? And you're like Instagram. And you're like, okay, well, what's your handle? And it's like at J underscore one, two, three, six, seven, three, four, one. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> Not nah, keep it simple. You can follow me literally everywhere at Isaac Mashman. Nice. Go to my website, IsaacMashman.com. Is there, okay. So IsaacMashman.com. Is there a social media that's easier for them to get a hold of you on? Or is it just, you'll answer to everything. I'll normally answer to everything um, except Facebook messages. I suck at that. As you know, <laughs> you're trying to talk to me back and forth. I'm like, man, I am horrible at responding. Um, not nah, Instagram, Twitter. Those two are the main platforms. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and if they want coaching advice and, and personal brand advice, just IsaacMashman.com is a place to get a hold of you. You could do that or just reach out to me, you know, or, or just search up my company, Mashman Ventures, find me on the Better Business Bureau, Yelp, everywhere else, Great. Google business listing, make it easy. And for your podcast, Chase the Vision, um, where, where can they listen to that? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Vimeo, Stitcher, it's all YouTube. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Guys, well, it I has been a pleasure a, being on though. It was a pleasure to have you on and, and we appreciate you jumping on and talking about your, your journey and especially like talking about personal branding and, and I'm looking forward to the next episode of why not? And, and just like breaking that wall down. Cause I think a lot of people need to hear that conversation of, of why not? And we'll get Kevin involved, mm -hmm. Kevin involved. Um, we'll shoot on him for a little bit and be like, he needs to be here next time. And good. He's not good. here next yeah, time. He's the one who re <laughs> he's the one who reached out to get me on the show. He's not on the show. <laughs> The two strangers, two random dudes that I don't know, but I'm, I'm cool with it. No, nah, man, I've loved the conversation for real. Good call. Great. Good call. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're grateful that you listened to this episode. Isaac, thanks again for being on here. Kevin, you will be on next time. And we will have all three, all three of us talking about the question, why not? So um, with that said, y'all have a good evening, good time. We'll catch you on the next episode.